Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Milk and Screams, uh, episode two. Episode two. Um, it feels very quick, only because we're recording these episodes back to back. So mm-hmm. this feels like a lot in uh, a short amount of time, but these are coming out a week apart from each other. So yep. um, today, which I assume is going to be in the title, uh, we're going to be talking about some ethical dilemmas. Yeah. Some either popular ones or ones less popular that Jacob has found. That's right. This is this is my episode. Uh, <laughs> nah, we 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 uh we like talking about ethical dilemmas. They're they're among pop culture. You know, we're gonna be talking about some ones that you know, possibly some ones that you don't know. Um, and hopefully the conversation is interesting. Hope we don't all agree on either one. I, I'm sure we won't, but I mean, I hope that we don't just completely agree and just kind of like just talk about our same opinion <laughs> like, yeah. a little bit interesting I, I sort of doubt that's how it's gonna go yeah um again if you're new i'm kyle and this is jacob and there you go that's the two of us Bam. that are always gonna be here every single time yeah it'd be weird if one of us was just not here <laughs> and just went talking alone like that'd be funny with no guests we people, were just having a conversation with ourselves people do it i mean people have lone podcasts where they just do it themselves i could never i could never have a lone podcast i don't think the only people i can think of that do it are stand-up comedians and they just kind of like do stand up with no one laughing behind it. So yeah, see, I don't, I don't really like those that much. Like those comedy albums that I, I do. People come out with. I'm not a, the biggest fan. Yeah, they're all right. They're all, they're cool. I, I don't. Well, who has a good comedy album? Good, that's not just a clip from their stand up. Oh, I see what you mean. I mean, I can't think of any off the top of my head. I know Chris D'Elia's podcast is funny. But he he does. Crystal is pretty funny like, on his well, podcast. Yeah, well, he does like just straight up commentary, and like he does like, like basically long form commentary. He just kind of talks about random stuff, and him he talks to the audience instead of talking to like another person, and you know there's just bits from his show that are funny, um, but he also probably maybe is nasty so we, <laughs> we don't have to touch on that we don't have to no but he, you know that's 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 a shame because he's good he's he seems like a good guy but if he's nasty he's nasty you gotta let him go i guess we'll find out soon yeah um on an unrelated note uh we mentioned this in the last podcast but kyle just got a haircut what, what? and it got me thinking about barbershops because you and i both have had plenty of unique experiences in barbershops and I, I don't think that barbershops are talked about enough. Enough? That you think they need more recognition than they're getting currently? I feel like, I feel like in a way, me and you are not unique, right? So, like, that hurts. people, people, <laughs> when it comes to barbershops, I feel like everybody hates them. I feel like everybody hates going to get their haircut. I don't know. I could be wrong, but I feel like everybody hates it, and then they don't talk about it. Like I've had so many horrific experiences, and maybe it's just because I'm a little ugly. But like, <laughs> I feel like, like every time I go to the barbershop, I'm like, man, that was not normal. This should this this should be changed in some way. Well, I think if you're going to a barbershop and getting your hair cut by somebody that hasn't been cutting your hair for a while, then I think it'd be safe to say that most people find that situation maybe not that they hate it, but at least a little uncomfortable. Maybe. Because for someone like me, I don't really know what to tell them to do with my hair. Exactly. I know what I want it to look like, and I know like the sizes of guards 
and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know how to just say, make my hair stay the way that it is, but shorter. Because every time I do that, they look at me like I'm crazy. Like, that's an insane request. Like, okay. I know there's hairstyle names for men. Right. Like the pompadour or like whatever. But like you can't tell your your barber that you want a pompadour. <laughs> like I, I feel like you can. Maybe you can. But That just I, makes you sound so pompous, I, doesn't I, it? I feel like you have to show him pictures eventually, which it makes you feel a little, a little childish. It, it does because the last time I did that was in ninth grade. I remember specifically the picture too, and I remember finding it on the airplane back from New Jersey. I was like – I want a haircut and I found this because I had that long beaver swoosh hair that mm -hmm. I had for years mm -hmm. and I found this picture and I was like, this is what I will show to my hair dresser. Is that my, the person that cuts my hair or your barber? My Well, the thing is that my barber sounds like a male term to me and there's, there's been a woman that cut my hair for years back That's home fair. and I'm pretty sure sh her title is hairdresser. I guess that makes sense. But yeah. hairdresser also makes me feel like I'm putting myself in a feminine position when I'm not, so I don't really know well, what the correct... Well, maybe don't worry about... Well, no, but I mean, like, you, you, you know what I'm saying, though. I guess. I mean, it doesn't bother me. I'm sure she doesn't mind being called a barber, and I'm sure that I don't know why you mind being calling a person who cuts your hair a hairdresser. No, I don't, but I feel like if I were to say that just in general, and I said I went to my hairdresser, I think in general like a person's initial reaction to that would be that sounds like something that not a dude would say, <laughs> you know, <laughs> does okay. that make sense? A little bit, maybe, but we'll, we'll, we'll move past it. <laughs> Point being, that was the last time I showed anyone that was cutting my hair, a picture of what I wanted my hair to look like. So if I were to do that now, I think it would make me feel like a child. Mm. I don't know, man. I normally I normally show pictures of myself the day I got my haircut last. Mm. Like if I take a picture, if it was a good haircut, I take a picture and I'm like, hey, next time I'll show the barber this picture. Do I remember? Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. Um, I had a really nice barber back home for a while, like for like a couple months. Um, but obviously I moved down here, right. so and I had to find a new one. And there's also this stigma that. You can talk about anything in a barbershop. And, and in fact, I used to work at a barbershop. Right. And, you know, um, not as a barber. I used to just sweep the hair and, like, do errands for the barbers because they really – I didn't realize this. They can't, like, leave their job and go get lunch. Like, they just kind of stand there the entire day and cut hair, which is – it sounds like an awful existence, I, in my opinion. I just think your back would have must hurt and, like, you know. And to you, does the profession of cutting other people's hair seem boring? Because I've thought about it. I and think that the, sounds boring to the me. The only reason that it isn't is because barbers insinuate having these insanely like thoughtful and thought provoking conversations about sports, about religion, about anything like right. they, they just want to know you. I think the only thing that makes it fun is that you, that you get to meet new people. Um, but if you live in a small town, like <laughs> you're going to meet the <laughs> same five people, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. Um, there was some crazy stuff that went down when I was working at Bill's Barbershop. Like, people would walk in and be loud and crazy, and they talk about sports, and, like, you know, that's the typical male barbershop thing. But they, of course. women would come in and talk about other women. If the barber did something wrong, like, if they, like, you know, made the – like, I, someone came in one time. They wanted the one of my barber – one of my friends who was a barber to cut their eyebrows. 
like with the rate like like you know shave their eyebrows down with like, a razor, and, like trim them or like style their eyebrows with like, like a like a nice cut or two, like style kind of like, but like they wanted them to do it, and like this is not the place where you go to do that because this is typically a male, typically it's a black male barbershop. That's where I worked. Um, this is where black men normally went to get their haircut. It's just where you know where where, where it happened, and right? They, and it it was respected in our in our town. Like there, a lot of people went there. They were there, you know. I don't think there was ever a seat like really empty. Like there was always people in the barbershop, but you know, a hair salon, a place where you get eyebrow thread. Like, I don't know. Like that seemed like the place where you would get this stuff done. And they got royally jacked up. Like their eyebrows were like totally messed up. And this lady like started screaming at Bill. She was like, how can you let him do this? Like, what the hell? And like, Bill was like, I don't know. Like you, you came to the wrong place for this. I don't even know how to charge you for what we did. Like I, I think, I think he ended up just letting her walk out for free. I mean, that's so weird. Yeah, that is weird. Um, but the guy I worked for, Bill, he used to cut my hair all the time. Yeah. And um, the way he used to cut it was like you know, typical. I mean, I guess a, a street style. I don't know. But one time he was like, "Hey, I want to have." My friend, because <laughs> I've told you this story, you already know where I'm going. I want you to have my my friend who is a new barber here. I want I want you to I want you to let him cut your hair. Okay. Uh, so I get in his chair. I've never met this guy before, and I've known Bill for such a long time now that I'm I'm like, you know. I, I I'm, you know, dumbfounded again. Like, what to tell him? Like, what do I want? So I'm like, okay, I like it shorter on the sides, and I like length on the top. Pretty much. You know, stereotypical white boy haircut. And he was like, "We all had it at some point." Yeah, and he was like, "Dope, I'll do it." So he starts going at my hair, and eventually he starts getting to the top. And he's not using clippers; he's using the shaver. And like before, I can tell him, like I'm like, "Dude, you you're doing a lot of shaving up there." And he's like, well, "That's what you wanted. You want one one shave all the way around." I was like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, like. My hair doesn't look like that long. Like it's not like overgrown. It's not like it's not like a shoulder length hair. It's like just it looks long on the top and short on the sides. I don't know why you can't just like shorten that. <laughs> I, I, if anybody knows what to say to a barber, <laughs> please tell us. And I and if you agree with us that this is the way that people go to the barber, like this is a common thing. Please let us know because we literally feel like idiots when we go to the barber shop. Yeah, the last time. This haircut that I got yesterday is the first time in a very long time that I went to get my haircut by somebody that wasn't the typical woman that I always went to back home. Mm -hmm. The last time I got my haircut here in uh, Gainesville, I don't get my, I haven't got my haircut in the last three years that I've been here by somebody, a professional in Gainesville, until yesterday. The last time I actually got it cut in Gainesville was February of this past year because <clears throat> excuse me because I I had a similar hairstyle um for a long time to what Jacob has now you kept it short on the sides and the top goes to one direction at whatever length that it's at it just mm -hmm. it goes to the side in some direction and I was living in the dorms and uh, my buddy Alex would cut your hair if you gave him five dollars and I desperately needed a haircut at some point and I was like, screw it, just cut my hair. I, who cares at this point? 
So he had a he had a guard, just the same stuff that just really simple stuff. And so he he shaves down the side of my head like to a about pretty fair length, and he hadn't touched the top at all because I don't think he had clippers or anything. And I was like, "Can you take any off the top?" And he goes, "I don't really know how to do that. All I have are these guards." And I said, "Uh, well, try anyway. I guess I don't know. Go for it." So he just kind of grabbed my hair in one clump and just shaved some off. Good God. So it was literally just like shaving a bunch off all at the same time. And so when it was done, my hair didn't go to one side anymore because it was all the same length. And it started doing a middle part. And that's just what I've been rocking ever since because that was the day my hairstyle changed. And I haven't changed it back because I don't want to. So that was the last time I got my hair cut here that wasn't a professional or that wasn't the lady that always cut my hair back home. So, I mean, it worked out fine. He just kind of grabbed my hair and shaved it off. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess I didn't really finish my story. Um, by the time I was able to tell him like, Hey bud, like you're doing something that doesn't feel right. He'd already shaved like half of the top of my head <laughs> completely <laughs> down to like a one guard. So, Bill was like, there's no way we can fix this. And I was like, go ahead, just shave it all off. So I had a, I just had like a, a buzz. I think it was a buzz cut. Yeah. Just straight up buzz all the way around. And I was like, I felt like a complete idiot. Like I, <laughs> I felt like it was my fault. Like that I, like I said, if you know what to say to barbers, <laughs> please let us know because we're just, we're dumb. And I, I feel like this is a sentiment. Like people just need to create a language to speak to barbers or like common terms or like what to do. Maybe somebody already has and we're just not. We're well just versed. not in the know. Maybe. And maybe that's it. Maybe we're just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into some ethical dilemmas. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. So. Hit me with it. I thought we'd start with the classic. The good old fashioned trolley problem. Right. So, if you don't know, the trolley problem is um, a really old uh, ethical dilemma that's kind of like, you know, led to the, like, modernization and population of, like, a bunch of different ones. A a lot of modern-day ethical dilemmas literally are the trolley problem, but, like, you know, put something else in place of it. So, basically, let's say you're operating a trolley, right? And you have control of the lever that changes the lane that it goes to. Um, the brakes are broken on the trolley. It can't stop. And on one path, there's one person. And if you leave it on that one person, that person will die. But if you switch the track off that one person, there are five people in the other lane of the, of the trolley. Or no, no, no. If you leave it on one path, five people get killed. And if you switch it, one person gets killed. Yes. That's what it is. I got mixed up. Sorry. <laughs> so the question is, do you pull the lever and have it switch into one lane and have one person get killed? Or do you leave it and watch five people get killed? And and the reason I think it's set up that way is because you could just let it go. But in terms of just the amount of people that are dying, if you were to switch, obviously less people would die. But then does that also mean that you are responsible for killing this person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if you let it hit the five, it's not your fault. You you, legit, you legitimately can't do anything about it. But once you pull, 
you actively chose to take out one person instead of five. Yeah, it's interesting. That's really the only reason why it's considered an ethical dilemma because one life versus five, most people would say, yeah, you know, one life, I would switch it. But it's the act of switching that causes people to think again. And a lot of people still say, yeah, I would definitely switch it. But I love um, the... I mean, there's a YouTube series, uh, Vsauce, the guy who does you know the videos about science and stuff like that. He performed an experiment that toyed with the trolley, tro- the, the trolley problem. He had like cameras set up, but they were just playing replay. It wasn't, and no one was actually doing anything. Like no one was killing anybody, but the people who were part of the experiment thought they were. They were doing like a promotion for like trains or whatever, and the the conductor was showing them the cameras and like how they switched the lanes and stuff like that. And he basically conducted the experiment. Like what is somebody going to do? And the reason why this hasn't been tested by scientists or psychologists is because of the moral, the moral ramifications of such a test. Yeah. Ethical psychology is a very huge thing. Yeah. So like people were like having mental episodes Mm -hmm. because they thought they killed somebody or, you know, and it was just so crazy like the the like the results of the test a lot of people did end up switching but some people were like run out of the booth and yeah. like like just, just escape you know that was their way of getting out of it like they couldn't you know bear with the you know the weight of doing doing it um and then there's other things like you know like seeing someone in trouble like going to help them like do you let them just you don't you're just a bystander you know, you can let them go or go and save them or whatever. Like that's the whole, you know, dual sided dilemma that everybody knows about really. Yeah. I feel like we could talk about it more, but honestly, everyone's already talked about it. (laughs) So it's not really much more to say about the trolley problem. Like, what do you think? Well, I think I was going to ask, what would you do? I would switch. You would switch? Easy. See, that's, it's difficult for me because Mm -hmm. I, I can't decide if switching would mean that I killed that person or if it just means that I did what had to be done, but that still didn't make me the murderer of that person because that's just such a difficult thing to answer because I do not want I definitely did, wouldn't want I killed this person to always be on my conscience mm-hmm. versus I saw those five people die. Um, so I, I... I think the the way I look at it is, okay, I am switching the lever because when life is virtually less than five, like like that's just the way that numbers work. But also... It's not about who I'm killing. It's about who I'm saving. Right. So if I don't do anything, I'm not saving five people. I'm only saving one person. Both people are in peril. If I switch, I'm saving five people, and I'm only killing one person in the, in the deed of saving. I think I so think like, at the end of it all, I would probably switch. Yeah, because like people – People say if you switch, you're killing. You're you're actively doing something right. That's I understand that, but you're also actively saving people. Like you're actively doing that. So then, 
let's throw a wrench in because okay. my trolley the trolley problem is my favorite thing to throw wrenches in sure. now now let's say the five people are just random people and the one person is your mother now what do you do kill mom really yeah i don't know if i'd be able to bring myself to pull the lever now that i know the person that's on the one i don't think i'd be able to bring myself to do it um yeah it's, that's i mean it, it that doesn't bear it doesn't bear any weight to me like if it was my mom if it was you if it was like anybody I, it's it's still the same answer it's five lives versus one kill you know if it was an even amount of lives that's kind of an interesting question like if it was just two lives versus two lives um i think i would have to you know just leave it to chance and just like not switch i think if you do switch then it's kind of like you're intently doing something so you know you know what I mean? So like no matter who that person is, it does it doesn't matter at all to you. It's yep. just let it go. Well, that's that's just the way I think about ethics. It's just like that's that's it's not even a that's why I don't like the trolley problem so much. It's just because ethics from a from a 5000 foot view. Yes, that's 1 versus 5. But when you throw someone that you know in on the 1, then you have ethics at a 2 foot view because you're right there in it and you have a relation to somebody on that track. I think it's if I was actually there, yeah, of course. Like that's it's different, but I would still I, in my mind. I think that's, that's just the most logical thing to do. It's the most logical, but I'm also talking about not whether I know it's right, but whether what I would end up doing. So if I'm seeing five random people and I know that my mom is the one that I'm switching to, I can basically guarantee that if I saw that, there is almost no way I'd be able to bring myself to pull that lever. Whether I thought that it was right because it's one versus five, there's no way I'd be able to bring myself to pull that lever. I guess you got a point, but I still feel like that's that's just the way to go. So, uh, so if you were there, you would be able to bring yourself to pull that lever? I'd have to, yeah. No, there's a difference between having to and being able to okay. bring yourself to yes, do it. Yes, I would. I would. I would pull the lever. Dang. Why, why are you saying Dane? Like, what's the deal? Because I think you are just in a minority. <laughs> I, I would have to guess that if I if you posed to anybody the trolley problem, but with the one person being somebody that they deeply loved, mm -hmm. that most people would say that they would not be able to bring themselves to pull the lever, to actively switch the train. Yeah. It's tough. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's, I don't know. That's just the way things are. Wow, this got super <laughs> depressing. <laughs> Let's go to the next one. Go ahead. Okay. Um, should you monitor kids on the internet? Should you monitor kids on the internet? I feel like this kind of is a touching one for both of us because we both were kids that were monitored on the internet. Um, so there, there are pros and cons to it, right? So obvious pros to monitoring kids on the internet is – I guess mostly kids is is a is an obvious one. I think you kind of have to monitor kids and everything they do. Like yep. you can't just let kids do whatever they want. But I'm thinking teens. So like okay, like our siblings. Like let's just say Ariel's a little younger, like like her teens, like sixteen, fifteen, and Emily. Okay. okay, so should you monitor them? Not only um, I think you should monitor them in a like okay. Let's go back. Pros and cons. Pros, right? Pros to monitoring kids is they're less likely to get into trouble. In trouble being like bad people on the internet who right. want to prey on them and stuff like that. Um, you know, uh, 
there are places that they probably shouldn't be looking at children on the internet. Like they shouldn't, you know, be going on websites and stuff like that that are that are bad. Right. <laughs> well said. Um, yeah, that's as good as that's close. We're gonna get to that, <laughs> but I do think that kids, as as a con to this, uh, require privacy, um, and require just as any other human, like their own path to knowledge to learning about these things because eventually they will learn. Like if at eighteen, you're like okay, no more monitoring, hooray. Like they're gonna learn then, and is a year or a day or whatever really that much different? That's where I kind of stand on like that kind of thing. I <clears throat> I agree that they need some sort of privacy, but they don't need as much as they think they're entitled to. Really, in my opinion, because fourteen, fifteen, sixteen year olds. They think, and we did too, they think that they just, they know what life's about. They think they know what they're doing and that they know more than their parents. And 100% of the time, they do not. I wouldn't say 100% of the time. I would say 100% of the time, they do not know more than their parents or what's or what's best for them over what their parents believe is best for them. Hmm. So I think, I think boundaries should be set on the internet as in like, like if your home Wi-Fi or whatever, there are just certain things that you can't have access to, period. Anything you can have access to, I'm not going to watch you while you're on those things. But the things I don't think you should have access to, you're not going to have access to them. That's fair. I don't know. I never really thought about how I would go about like monitoring my kids. If my, my you know, future kids, I don't have kids right now, obviously. Yeah, me either. Um. I never really put much thought into it, but I, I saw this one on the internet and I thought it was kind of interesting because um, the everyone's obvious answer is, well, my kids won't be doing that. My kid, I think if you um, end up trying your hardest to, you know, guard and like have, you know, blocks on your like web, web pages and stuff like that, or like don't give your kids the internet at all, they're going to find ways to like sneak around and go do what they want to do. Like, I don't think there's any way to fully block your kid from knowledge or not block your kid from whatever. I don't think there's any way to do it. And I think now it comes back to, should I give my kid free range to the, I don't think so. No, there has to be some kind of, you know, set boundary. Um, But I do think that, People who are given, like, who are able to, you know, freely search the internet or freely do whatever they want on the internet are not horrible people either. So, like, what's the deal? You know what I mean? But the only thing I think about is predators. You know, you have to educate your kids as well, like, on what to look for. Stay out of chat rooms. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, like, if you set boundaries on what they can access on the internet, and also tell them because you would very well know that they could have access to the internet in other places that aren't your home where you can't mm-hmm. enforce yeah. boundaries or um, uh, 
guardian or those guardian settings on their phone or whatever they happen to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another thing. Young kids shouldn't have phones in the first place, in my opinion. Wow. They Go should ha- they should have phones that can be able to call their parents. You know, one of those that's like that's their only capability. Like 11, 12, 13 year olds, they don't need to have the ability to text or to surf the Internet on their phone at all times, all the time, anywhere. That's I don't think they, they don't need that. Well, my here's my rebuttal. Why? Why can't they have it? Because of everything that we've been talking about. If you want to if if you want to be if you want to have certain standards and boundaries for your kids on the internet but also knowing that they can just see whatever they want on the internet anywhere else in the world then just don't give them that ability until you think that they are ready mhm yeah i i think that when we were growing up the internet was still kind of new um and i didn't i didn't I don't think either of us really had full range access to whatever we wanted on the internet. No, like I didn't have a phone period until I was 15, so, 16. So my point being, like, there had to be a time where somebody came to us and be like, hey, listen, don't talk to people on chat rooms. Don't go here. Don't do this because people are on here looking to find you. And, you know, those things are true. I, I do think those things are true. But I also think about like being younger and like watching, you know, funny videos on YouTube and like how that kind of like, you know, changed my childhood from ways in ways that are different than other people's childhoods. I think that if you take that away from your kid, you're kind of taking away what could be a, a big piece of their personality and what can make them good people. You can find good things on the internet. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I'm saying. If you let them find good things on the internet and only give them capabilities of finding things on the internet, at the home where you can set boundaries, then you're good to go. Like if for my kids at home, I would not be putting YouTube as something that I'm taking off the internet. Mm-hmm. I guess we're both kind of on the same page, I guess. So no, I don't think kids should be monitored on the internet. Yes. I think boundaries should be set. Boom. We in the middle. There you go. Easy peasy. Here's a fun one. Okay. Good. Uh, this Let, one, this let's one, get something upbeat. This one comes from Reddit. Um, you are Superman. No one has kryptonite. You are basically a god, which is basically already what Kyle is. Okay, this is getting <laughs> off track. Do you use your powers to force governments to do what you think they should do? Uh, examples, dismantle the insane NSA spying programs, legalize drugs, whatever you want, right? You know, force Russia to appeal its anti-gay legislation, whatever, you know. This is from Reddit, so that's what that's why you yeah. see all this shit. Um, use your imagination, or do you let the mere mortal, mortals rule themselves? In other words, is it right to turn yourself into an invincible dictator if you can? No. Next question. Okay, great. No, we're gonna talk about this because I think this is a perfect question for you because you are smart. Now, I think if I did this, if I was like, if I had Superman's powers. I would totally screw up the world. I would I, too. Well, let me finish. Okay, go. Okay. We've often talked about when we won for president. Of course. You know, like what we're going to do. And I think if you got Superman's powers, you can get rid of South Carolina. Or is that what? what which it's one? South Carolina. Terrible state. Sorry if you're from there. 
<laughs> Kyle wants to get rid of South Carolina, but not just like redraw state lines. No, I want to. I want to take Chile from South America, and then move it around like under and come up, and then use it as a crowbar, and just wedge it in between if North were, and South Carolina, and just pop it off. If you were Superman, you wouldn't have to do that. You can just use like your laser beams. And also, that's not how tectonic plates work. But regardless, I don't care about tectonic plates. <laughs> well, you. you I got, care about what I want. Oh my god. <laughs> Anyways, so I think if you're if you're not me, you can I think you could be a Superman dictator and just rule the world. And I I think if you're smart enough, you can make the world a better place if you do it that way. Okay. Personally, I wouldn't I wouldn't want that at all. I would not want the power to tell governments to do what I think they should do. A we we both have a certain amount of intelligence on plenty of topics, uh-huh. but I do not fancy myself um, intelligent enough, especially when it comes to government, to tell a government what I think it should do and have it immediately obey and think that I know exactly what all the ramifications will be and know that I tell government to do this, this will happen, these will be the effects, everything will be okay. I would have no idea. I would never want that. I I would not do that at all. I would let them go about their days because then then you're talking about free will. And then if I do that, then nobody has free will because I'm just I'm just conquering and controlling everybody. Well, right. But like doing the right thing, though, like like governments do the wrong thing all the time. Like they, you know, like they do they do shady things. They do things that aren't for the benefit of the people. So if you're Superman and you're like on the side of the people and like you're like, hey, government, better do what's right. I'm going to punch you. Like that makes sense to me. Now, I can't do that because I don't know what's I don't know what's right necessarily. And that's what I'm saying. Most of what like especially in American government, a lot of what happens about what somebody decides to do in government, whether they say this is the policy we're enacting because this is right is always subjective. It's never objective. If it were, there wouldn't be so many differing opinions Hmm. about what's right and what's wrong with policies, and it wouldn't be such a 50-50 split based on where you live. But it is because it's subjective to what's right and what's wrong. So I wouldn't just go up there as Superman and say, I'm here now and I held this opinion before, so I have to know that that is right and all of you 50 percenters who thought that this was wrong um, now have to obey because it is right. So, haha. Well, I think it's, what's funny about this this question is obviously this has never happened before. No. Every dictator who has existed has been taken down. Superman can't be taken down in this situation because there's no kryptonite. So we don't know if Superman can create a perfect utopia. Like, we don't know if this is if, if, a, if a perfect utopia on Earth is possible. You know what I mean? So, I think, with the right person, with the right ideas, and who is genuinely for the benefit of the people, like, who, like, he can easily accomplish this. He can easily make it work. I don't think we are those people. <laughs> I don't think anybody exists that could be that person or ever will exist or ever has existed Hmm. besides Jesus. Well, 
I gotta say, I, 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 I think I disagree with you on this one. I think there's a person out there who is smart enough, who knows enough about stuff that if they were just given a potion that was like Superman potion, they were like, government cracks knuckles, stop. Let me handle this. And they just said, because there's so many different things that block the government from doing its job. Like, the checks and balances. And that's those, those stuff are there so that we don't have, like, a utility. I think, like, you don't have, like, a utilitarian government. I think the reason why we don't have that is because people would use it for the wrong reasons. But if we had somebody like Superman who has good morals, who's, per- who's in, in some sense, perfect. Everybody thinks they have all the correct morals. And so now it's, again, subjective about who you're choosing as having all the perfect morals. Because everybody has different morals, and everybody thinks they have the right morals. There's no one with perfect morals. There's no one with all 100% the right morals. And there's no human that could do any of that without some flaw in them or some flaw in what they think or some flaw in what they think versus how the people would react to it. It's not possible. And if you try to just dictate everything, I think everything would fall apart. So the only other, you know alternative is to let people run it like they're running it now and they're not really doing that great of a job one person is not going to make it better because this one person isn't suddenly given heightened abilities and heightened sense of morality they're just given immortality this person is not given a perfect sense of being and a perfect sense of will and morals they're literally just given the ability to dictate without being opposed yeah and that is with no person in the history of ever that would never work giving somebody that ability i think everything would fall apart way more than what is happening anywhere in the world right now really i i i got to i got to disagree man this is this is like it seems like a no brainer for me and it seems like a no brainer for me too <sighs> jeez all right Let's go on to another one. Go ahead. Let's let's, let's get out of this one because this one's good. This one got a little heated. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. All right. It is 1933. You are in Berlin, Germany. Somehow you find yourself in a position to steal Hitler's wallet. This theft doesn't affect Hitler's rise to power or any other events in history surrounding Hitler. Okay. Uh, no ideas in his wallet, so you're not like can you know gonna get caught or anything like that right. with identity theft um and there's only some money in it and you really don't need the money but it's gonna ruin his night do you steal hitler's wallet so didn't you just say that stealing the wallet has no effect on what so it doesn't have happened. effect to hitler's rise to power it doesn't make him like vindictive and want to rise to power it doesn't change like any events in history, like the Holocaust or anything like that. Those all still it, happen, whether or not you steal the wallet. Right, and he has a bad night because you stole his wallet. There's like you know, a, a, let's say like a hundred dollars in American dollars in his wallet. So we're talking about just would you want to make Hitler feel sad? Pretty much. So it's like, would you commit a crime that no one will ever commit you for? You know what? You will never get in trouble. And only you, only you will know that you did it. It'll make somebody very upset who just so happens to be Hitler. And it's, it's a victimless crime essentially because you're just stealing a hundred dollars from somebody who's going to be 
very powerful very soon. Um, no, I don't steal his wallet. <laughs> Dude, come on. And I assume you're going to say yes. Yes, I would definitely do it. There's no consequences. It just well, makes someone very sad. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Again, I mentioned it last episode, is that I'm 100% fully Christian. So any decision that I have in ethical dilemmas boils down to that. So I'm not going to steal. And that's just how it is. I, Whenever I do have these conversations with people, it is often wanted to try and just try your best to take just religion out of your mind for the sake of the ethical mm-hmm. argument, which I understand the want for that juxtaposition, I guess, but I don't do that. So for me, it's just I'm stealing. Nah, there's no point. All you're doing is getting $100 and Hitler feels sad. Like, even if I wasn't a Christian and that was just posed to me, it would almost feel like a useless question because you either got $100 and Hitler felt sad or you got no money and Hitler was neutral. So, Well, this is my thing about this. Um, If there's anything that has to do with Hitler... I most likely am going to end up on the side that hurts Hitler in some way, shape, or form. Guy was a jerk, man. He, he was. He, you know, he was an awful person. So I don't think that crime or that whatever equates to the atrocities that he felt. So in my mind, you played two pros, right? So pro one, you take his money, he feels sad. The rest of the events go on in history. Event two, you don't take his money, and events go on in history. So you have a chance to take a dig at Hitler and take his money and make him sad. That, to me, weighs a little bit more than just leaving him alone and letting him do whatever he wants and having a good night or whatever. So in my mind, it doesn't do any wrong. Like, like it's, not, it's, not, it's not. It is doing wrong. I'm not going to say it's not doing wrong. But it's not hurting anybody it's not it's not hurting anybody and for like what you said for the way you look at it hitler is hitler is bad so if i can hurt if i can hurt hitler i will for me and the life that i have the views that i hold is sin is sin is sin if i cannot sin i won't well yeah so and that's why i wouldn't steal a hundred that's why i wouldn't steal the wallet well i I, I I would because you're still you're still not viewing it's hard to explain in words like you are still not hurt you're not first of all you're not hurting anybody by doing it you're not you know affecting history and you don't need the money it, it, it doesn't matter. It, it The whole thing is like you're just going to ruin the worst person in history's life for a night. Th- think about it like this. What if it was Satan? What if it was somebody who was like objectively horrible? Worse than Hitler, let's say. Would you take Satan's wallet? That's a whole different question. Only because Satan isn't human. And so the the war between heaven and hell, let's say, okay, is hard to 
make that a tangible thing and then add ethics to it. Like, like if it's Satan, sure, I would steal his wallet. But that's that that's a completely separate scenario because it's different. You, I can't explain why that's different, but it simply is only because Satan isn't human. And so I think equally, it almost doesn't apply. I think equally it doesn't matter that much when it occurs to Hitler because Hitler did like the, I think if Satan was put into a human body, that's what Satan would do. He would capture all of God's children and put them in concentration camps. And like, that's what they, that's what God would do. I mean, that's what, that's what Satan would do. <laughs> God. That's what Satan would do with Jesus. <laughs> Regardless, let's skip over that. Um, and and it doesn't matter so much that yeah I'm giving myself a hundred bucks richer and make Hitler sad. It's easy like that like that like because it doesn't matter that much. That's my answer. And I think we're at the the easy answers again. And for me, because it is a sin to steal, I wouldn't do it. So that's my answer. Well, um, these are not as thought-provoking for you and I thought they were going to be but I guess we're going to move on no go for it all right let's go for you let's just put this make this a little bit personal okay? okay so you are like the owner of like an engineering firm okay sick yeah sick um, and you're kind of in a small town area you know akin to where we're from cool, cool, cool. and you're looking for like promotion Right for your business. I, I don't. I I guess that this is weird if it's an engineering firm. So let's just say you own a business or you need a promotion, right? And let's just say a gentleman's club offers to do a promotion for you, for your company in exchange that you'll promote their company, right? So they offer to give you the same amount of money that you know another company would give you, just that you would you know shout them out and they would shout you out. And they would help you and scratch your back. Like, what do you think? Would you accept the offer that they gave you? So, is this more to the point that it's a gentleman's club trying to give me money mm -hmm. in hopes that I'll get a promotion? Or is it just the fact that an outside source is handing me money? To help me get a promotion. Does it matter what the outside source is? Not you're promoting. Like, you're not promotion. It's just like like promo, like, you know. Okay, promo for the company itself. Yeah. Okay, I and see. It's, and it's specifically a gentleman's club or like a strip club or, you know. They want to help your company, and they're only asking that you give them a shout-out, and they'll give you money to help, you know, start your company or, you know, boost your sales or whatever. Um, Again, a pretty easy answer. Yeah, it, uh no, I wouldn't do that. This is so, this is so boring. <laughs> I don't know. This is this one was kind of tough for me, and I think the reason why is because I think that a strip club is not something that needs promotion in my eyes. I think if you're looking for a strip club, you'll find one. <laughs> like, and I think that like, I think. 
I, I think okay. Let me put it this way: it needs promotion. Like people like will talk about it and rave about it. I'm like, oh man, this place was so cool. The drinks are great, or whatever. Um, and that'll create buzz around your place and like get money into it. But it's not like you know a restaurant. You know what I mean? Like you know, like restaurants that sponsor or or, or like you know do a 5K and they if there's their your logos on the back of a T-shirt. You know, I don't feel like a strip club is gonna help your company a lot. Well, for me, it's the same as if, okay, say some company reached out to us for this podcast, right? Mm -hmm. To have an ad. I would not want to be associated with something that I, A, would never use the service myself, or B, that is a service that I disagree with in general. Mm -hmm. So... Like say we say we say we got an like an email from a company that's just all about racism, for instance, and was like, Hey, shout out our company, um, and then in your ad and then we'll give you money for it. We would both say, No. Yeah. Absolutely not, because I don't want to be affiliated with you whatsoever. Mm. Same scenario for me in in this world where i want promo for my business if it's texas roadhouse that's like i'll give you money uh promo us and we'll promo you i'm thinking sick i love texas roadhouse i have no problem with people affiliating me with texas roadhouse because i go there all the time that is a totally okay connection for people to make for me but i would not want to be affiliated with a strip club in that way for people to see that and think and have the connection he goes to that strip club or enjoys strip clubs in general because that was that's not the case or w would it ever be so i wouldn't want that connection at all so no but do people really think that i mean they have to right like when you're listening to a podcast and they say this podcast is sponsored by uh so-and-so sponsor honey or raycon or whatever don't you usually think that that person utilizes that product or is at least okay with being affiliated with that product at the very least? I guess. And this kind of goes back to like, you know, like thinking about things like in a money-making, I guess if they're offering you a promotion or money, yeah, this, this that's the question. Will you accept money from strippers to help promote your business? So I guess, I mean, I, I don't have any problem with strip clubs. I don't think that, because I'm supporting a local business that happens to be a strip club, you know, that means I go there and I partake and I do these things. Just like, I don't think, just like, you know, if someone promotes Raycon, they have to buy Raycons and they have to use them every day. Right. So but they're at least okay with being affiliated with a product. And you said, do people really make that connection? I think they do. I know they do, whether it's subconscious or not. Because, yeah, I think it might be subconscious. And it's only not subconscious when it's in when it's a link that surprises them like if you were starting a new church and the like one of the uh founders or one of the uh an investor that helped build the church with a lot of money was a strip club and that was the promotion was this church was uh funded by this gentleman's club anybody would see that and be like that's super weird how did that happen go down that a church was mostly helped to be built by a strip club that's a weird connection to have 
So it's subconscious, and I think people make the link more obviously when it's a link that they don't really wouldn't see coming or one that surprises them. So why is it wrong for a strip club to give a donation to a church to help build, start a church? It's not wrong to give to donate to help build a church, but that would be surprising to see at the very least. I'm just making the point that mm -hmm. it would be surprising for a church to say this was helped to be built by this strip club. Yeah. I'm not saying it wouldn't be surprising, but I think the question, the reason why a question is, is strictly a strip club is because they have this stigma and they have this, you know, this reputation. But I think, I mean, I'm not saying that strip clubs are like charity services that are like trying to go out and help people. I don't know if they are or not. But, you know, I don't see why, you know, like if McDonald's sponsors a church or, you know, or whatever. I don't, I don't see why that's different. It's a business. People do there and they go and they make business and they do business. Well, because. Okay, well, I guess we're on the, the terms of the church now. Sure. In terms in terms of that, now you're talking about a business whose business ventures are pretty much surrounded in a culture that the church does not agree with. McDonald's is not a culture that the church does not agree with. It's burgers and fries. But a strip club is an entire culture that the church doesn't agree with or condone in any way. So that would be why that's a connection that makes no sense. And McDonald's would be a connection that doesn't really make any sense, but isn't one that would like take you aback and be like, wow, McDonald's and a church? Like It's just McDonald's. Well, I think just because a, a strip club sponsored a you know, or paid something for, you know, to help build the church doesn't mean there's going to be stripper poles in the sanctuary. No, and I don't think anyone's going to think that either. But the fact that that connection would be made in general would most likely make a person think, ah, this church is okay with strip clubs at the very least. Not that they have one built into the church, but they're okay with them. Hmm. Yeah, I, I guess that makes sense. All right, we're moving on. Um, this one's kind of interesting. I thought I saw this one uh, on Reddit as well. You have a top floor apartment. All tenants pay for central heating. It is very cold outside. Your apartment receives heat from those below it through the floor, and you can stay comfortably heated if you don't even turn the heat on. Do you have a moral obligation to pay your share of the electricity or gas for heating and run your and run your heater? What if you want your apartment to be cold and open the windows, thus causing even more heat to escape the apartment of those below you? Is that an unethical action? Now this is a way more interesting question. I like this question as well. I wanted to see this one for like near the end so that we can talk about it thoroughly. Okay, so you're on the top floor. Of an and complex. <clears throat> that, that was, was weird. a weird noise. <laughs> <laughs> I have water in my throat, and that was disgusting. Ew. I sound like a baby frog. <laughs> um, so if it's cold out, I don't have to turn my heater on, right? And I can stay warm because mm -hmm. you're the the heat from the. But if I want it to be cooler in, I can open the windows, and that would increase the electric bill altogether, for the apartments below me, mm -hmm. but it really wouldn't increase mine. 
Right. So you you don't even have to turn the heater on in order for you to be warm. Like in, in order for you to be comfortable. Because the residual heat from the bottom floors seeps up into your into your apartment. My initial thought is that it's not unethical because you just got lucky with where you got placed. Like I, I assume that we're assuming all these apartments cost the same. Sure. Rent wise. Like normally top apartments are more expensive, aren't they? I wouldn't think so. Because it normally all the rooms are the exact same size. Like if you're in an apartment complex like that, the rooms are the same size. Like all the two by twos in an apartment complex mm-hmm. would be the exact same two by two layout, whether it's on a top floor or bottom floor. But I so. mean, like you're on like an apartment complex, like you know, floors and yeah. floors and floors of apartments, and you had the very top one. I think that one's more expensive. I don't think so for apartment complexes. When you're if you're talking about like a like in a scenario where like towards the top you get to more penthouse area yeah those things would be more expensive but when you're talking about apartment complexes where they're all the exact same layout and nothing is different about any of them top ones don't cost more as far as i'm aware okay but for this let's just assume they're all the same for the sake of making this a more interesting question sure i don't think that it's unethical to not pay some more for the heating and electric that you think you should be. Does that make sense? No, not to me anyways. Like he, the question is, do you have a moral obligation to pay your share in electricity or gas? So basically, do you have a moral obligation to give money to people who are paying, who are heating your apartment, the ones below you? Because you're not turning your heater on. Right. So the people below you are heating your apartment and paying for it. Do you have a moral obligation to give them money to pay your your share of the heat and electric? That's such an interesting question. I mean, again, my initial reaction is no. Why? Because, like I said, like in this scenario, you like you got lucky with being placed at the top one. So if they decide to not turn their – like if they're just not around and then you have to turn your heater on, then fine. But if them having their heater on happens to warm your place up, then cool. You got lucky. Like if you were if you were in that scenario – as, like especially as a college student, you your thought wouldn't be, man, I really should give them some money. Your thought would be, I got super lucky with where I am that I really don't have to pay that much to stay warm. Yeah, but like the people below you are having to pay for the roof of, for their heat. Like it's kind of it's kind of like parasite almost. No, I, and I think both of us would give the people under us some money. I don't think that it's morally or ethically wrong to not give them money but i think personally i would hmm. but i do not think that it's ethically wrong to not give them money how would you bring that up your conversation like <laughs> like you come down like in your cozies like in your slippers and you're like hey so your apartment's really hot like, <laughs> <laughs> you won't get dare sometime no it's just it, it's just a it's a funny question because i don't think that's ever happened first of all because you know insulation <laughs> yeah that's not that's probably not a thing that would ever happen yeah but um but it kind of like brings it kind of in my eyes like i said top apartment you know i guess i'm thinking more penthouse i guess you know is the most expensive one you know you get a beautiful view of the city or whatever you know so as the residual heat comes up and you're not having to pay for your heating bill like you're not having to turn on your heater at all like 
and you're paying for the top apartment, it depends. So, like, if you think, well, I'm paying enough rent here, or I'm doing this, then I don't think you're morally obligated. No, yeah. If you're paying more rent than people below you, then no, I don't think you are. Mm. Well, I mean, I don't think you are either way. But especially in that scenario, if you're paying more rent than the person below you, then no. But even if you are paying the same rent, again, I don't think it's you're morally obligated to give them some money. Mm-hmm. But personally, I would. Yeah, I, I think I would give them money. If I was aware of the fact that my place was always warm because of the people below me, then yeah. Like if I had like a lunch party or like a dinner party, everyone came over and they're like, Man, your apartment's comfortable. Like, is your what's your heating bill? And I'd be like, oh, I, don't, I actually don't turn my heater on. It's pretty warm in here always. <laughs> You're like, but we're in Chicago. Like, it's winter time. <laughs> it's like, January, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I never turned it on. I, I wonder why. They're like, we live below you. Like, I, I, I feel like if they confronted you like that, that'd be rough. You're like, oh, sorry. Yeah, guess I'm lucky. I, I don't know. I feel this was the one I feel the most wrong about. Like I feel the most wrong about saying, you know, no. I I like I said, I'm going to say not morally obligated, but I would. I guess I guess you got a point. Uh, yeah, I guess you're not morally obligated, but that 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 really ticks me off. That does feel weird. But like to say that you're not morally obligated feels kind of wrong. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. But then for me, at least on the opposite end, to then to say I am morally obligated to give them money also feels wrong because I didn't turn my stuff on. I'm lucky to where I got put, so why do I have to pay them? How do you feel about the window part? Like if you want to be chilly and you open your windows, that's more of their money escaping. I mean, same scenario, really. Like, you got lucky with where you got put, and, I mean, if they were super upset about the bill that they were getting, and they asked the super why that could be, mm-hmm. and then they were told, it's the person above you, and then they confronted you about it, then, yeah, it's, I mean, it's probably good at that point to just, to go ahead and, you know give them money or maybe just be a little more conservative with what you're doing up there at the very least. Mm -hmm. But again, just not morally obligated, but just be a little conservative with how much you're opening windows. Yeah, I guess. Turn a fan on. All right. Last one. How how long have we been going? Just over an hour. Okay. This will be the last one. Okay. So I think I've already talked to you about this one. Um, and I vaguely remember it. I couldn't find it on the internet for some reason. Okay. So I'll, I'll just do it from memory. So a hot air balloon is falling from the sky. Okay. And there's three people on the balloon. The mother, father, and a child. Okay. The mother knows how to f- safely fly the balloon. The father has the knowledge to... Uh, cure world hunger. Okay. And the child is completely innocent. Who? Oh, and I think, is it like only two people can do? Only two people can be on the balloon. Right. I've heard this. Yeah. Only two people can be on the balloon and make it like, like, like safely, I guess. Right. You know, or make it alive. Who needs to jump? Okay. So are we assuming that if the mom jumps, the balloon can still safely land. 
because I this is one I've never understood because that's the, true. The mom can fly the balloon, but it also sounds like we're assuming two people can make it. So if we get rid of the mom, can this still safely land, or does the mom have to be one of the people? Like in my mind, the mom has to be one of the people. So it's like, okay, do you choose a child who is innocent, or do you choose a dad who can like solve world hunger? Um, it also comes down to the father's morals. Like, is the father planning on solving world hunger? Like, he's like, I'm almost there. Yeah. Um, I also think uh, a lot of people can probably solve world hunger. <laughs> <laughs> like, just start feeding people, and I'm sure that'll help. If Jeff Bezos would just give other countries two hundred million dollars a day, we'd be all right. Yeah. Um. I would say that Atlanta. I guess I guess we have to assume that the mom has to be one of the people. Let's just go ahead and assume that. So then I say mom and child stay in the balloon. Uh, dad echo, bye-bye. What if the dad can solve world peace? You don't think there's a lot of people that could do that either? No. I think, I think hunger is a lot easier to solve than peace. Well, he has the knowledge to save world peace, but will he? Um, I don't see why he wouldn't. I can see why he wouldn't solve world hunger. I feel like world hunger is a very expensive and tedious task. Whereas world peace, he can, you know, solve relations and like do co- like I'm trying to find a way. I, I guess I'm just trying to find a way to kill the child. <laughs> well, that's a terrible sentence. I mean, I'm just being honest. Um, uh, like just a way that the dad stays instead. Right. So what makes the dad valuable? Like other than like the fact that he can, he's just really smart. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think he's, I think the dad, if he can solve world peace, yeah. Now we're just asking how much intelligence is greater than innocence. Like Mm. a small amount of intelligence is not worth more than innocence. So is there a level of intelligence that is then worth more than innocence? And how long does innocence last? Like the child's innocent now. And if he dies... Oh, well, but if he lives, he's not going to be innocent forever, I'm sure. Right. So Nobody is. And if he's – so I think there's a chance that the, that the dad will end up solving world hunger. So the child will just kind of like go off. I mean, he's not gonna, maybe he's not going to be a part of the family business. Maybe he wants to be a stripper. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting you to laugh at that, but you're just like, I'm silent. I was, I, I, I was not expecting you to say that. This it went, it took me aback so quickly. Well, like you know, so I, so since there's a chance that the dad will go and solve world hunger or do something cool, I think the child's got to go. I think I still disagree. I think. Didn't when you when you first answered this, you said the mom. Yes, because we didn't assume all she has is the ability, to, like. If we can assume that the dad and child are allowed to land safely without the mom, then really the question doesn't even make sense because why would she be given that ability Yeah. to just be able to fly the thing safely? Mm-hmm. So, assumedly, she has to be one of the people. This is Okay, now we can throw a wrench into it. What if the dad has the cure for cancer? He already has it. Okay. Like what so if they're difficult. what if they're traveling by hot air balloon to give the cure to cancer to St. Jude's or whatever, and boy's innocent, mom knows how to fly a plane. I, I still think the child's gone. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, that's so difficult. I don't know. The child. Because <laughs> you would assume that he was working with a team, right? So like maybe other people, a, maybe would... he's a lone scientist. <laughs> he's going rogue. <laughs> he's just been sitting in the depths of the Everglades, figuring out the <laughs> cure to cancer, and then got it and flew by hot air balloon. I love how the the cure to cancer is like in a swamp fog. <laughs> 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 it's like just just nasty water. He's like, got it. Um, I really don't know because. What's 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 pulling you away from killing the child? What what is it? The fact that he's a child, like just the word innocence alone is enough to make me be like, oh, I don't want to kill him. <laughs> he's innocent. He never he's never done anything wrong. Yeah, but cows are innocent. Yeah, but they taste so good. Yeah, I'm sure kids uh, don't taste good. I'm sure. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe don't finish that we, sentence. We've never had a kid, so <laughs> in either sense of the word. I think it's the chid, the kid. I said, <laughs> the chid, the chid's gotta go. <laughs> Jesus, friggin' chids, man. <laughs> um, that's so difficult. I think, I think I'm gonna still go ahead and say that the dad goes. You are crazy. I might be, but that is where my compass is leading me, and I will get crippled on this hill. I won't die on this hill. I'm willing to switch, but I'll stay here for a little bit. Jesus. What if the dad was your mom? Like, oh yeah, the child's going. He's out of there. I don't know the kid. All right, all right. Well, that was pretty fun. It was a pretty fun little little soft episode. That was fun. It's interesting. Um, if you guys have any disagreements or qualms with any of the answers we've given, or if you want to, uh, you know put any answers of your own uh you can tweet about it and you can hashtag it milk and screams if you want to keep in the loop in the conversation or you can just put it in the comment section if you're watching this on youtube and we'll uh we'll check those out but i think this about wraps it up all that felt so weird even just to hear you say it yeah i, I don't know it's just kind of like regurgitating whatever <laughs> you know whatever i hear on the internet honestly yeah. Maybe five years from now, we've gotten super big and people are going back through and listening to all our episodes. We'll <laughs> be like, listening in 2039. <laughs> <laughs> I think YouTube comments will probably be a lot different then. It might not even exist. Ah, uh, YouTube will always be a thing. A, a topic for another day. A topic for another day. Will YouTube ever die? <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, well... I guess that wraps it up. And again, we have no specific way that we're exiting these right now. So this is just going to kind of end. Uh, you can hear us next week. We'll see you next time.